people are always asking me what I think about Texas. Well, I love Texas, but it looks a whole lot better in my rearview mirror. I'm Harmony, I'm your host here on What the Actual F, and today I have got a case for you that I haven't really seen a lot of people talk about. Today we are going to talk about Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith was an American model, an actress, and a TV personality. She first actually gained her popularity in Playboy magazine when she won the title of 1993 Playmate of the Year. Anna didn't just do Playboy though. She modeled for fashion companies including Guess, H&M, Heatherette, and Lane Bryant. Anna Nicole Smith was a high school dropout and she got married shortly after she left high school. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the fact that her second marriage, a highly publicized marriage to 89-year-old billionaire J. Howard Marshall resulted in speculation that she married him for his money, which she always denied. We're also here to talk about the death of her son and the impact that that may have made on her and how and why or what led up to her, her death in 2007. You see, Anna Nicole Smith was the subject of several tabloids and news sources back in the day. But what was true and what wasn't? When she passed away, so much of her life came into the light, but the core of it, the truth. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So let's go ahead and talk about the mysterious life of Anna Nicole Smith. Now, I'm not saying that Anna Nicole Smith was so mysterious and private that while she was in the limelight, nobody knew what was going on. No, it's, it's not like that. She wasn't one of those very private celebrities. But there was a lot of stuff that when she passed away shocked the, I guess, the public. So Smith died in 2007 in a Hollywood, Florida hotel room as a result of an overdose of prescription drugs. Now, prescription drugs play a massive role in... Anna's life, and we will get into that. In the months leading up to her death, Smith was the focus of renewed press and coverage surrounding the death of her son Daniel, who she was very, very close to, and the paternity and custody battle over her newborn daughter, Danny Lynn Burkhead. I also apologize if I'm saying that name wrong. I believe it's Danny Lynn. Maybe you don't recognize the name, but I'm sure you recognize that uh, sensuous look that's been seen on pages of hundreds of thousands of magazines as part of the latest guest ad campaign. Looks something like this. Uh, they've referred to her as the girl next door. So how come none of my neighbors ever look like her? Here she is, Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith was born as Vicki Lynn Hogan in 1967 in Houston, Texas. She was the only daughter of Donald Eugene Hogan and Virgie Arthur. Her mother's name could be Virgie Arthur, but I believe it's Virgie Arthur. Anna's parents were married on February 22nd, 1967 and divorced on November 4th, 1969. That is the day before my birthday and many, many years before I was even born, but just wanted to point that out. Anna had five half siblings on her father's side. 
She was mainly raised by her mother and her aunt, and Smith's mother married Donald R. Hart in 1971. After this, Anna changed her name from Vicki Hogan to Vicki Hart, taking on her stepfather's last name. Smith attended Dirk Elementary School and Aldean High School in Houston, Texas. When Anna was in ninth grade, she was sent to live with her maternal aunt in Mexia, Texas. At Mexia High School, Smith failed her freshman year and dropped out of school during her sophomore year. This was in 1982 and she was 14 years old at the time. So let's talk about her career a little bit. Smith appeared on the cover of the March 1992 issue of Playboy magazine as Vicki Smith. And then in May 1992, she was the Playboy Playmate of the Month. Smith then secured a contract to replace supermodel Claudia Schiffer in Guess Jeans advertisings and campaigns featuring a series of black and white photographs, which are actually beautiful. During the Guess campaign, she chose her stage name to be Anna Nicole. In my opinion, Anna Nicole Smith was one of the most beautiful women I have ever seen. In 1993, she modeled for the Swedish clothing company H&M, which led to her picture being displayed on large billboards in Sweden and Norway. She was then featured on the cover of Marie Claire in October of 1993. Earlier in 1993, she was also in GQ magazine. Needless to say, her career was booming. But of course, with this kind of life and being made up and beautiful at all times, there's a dark side, and a photograph of Smith was used by New York Magazine on the cover of its August 22nd, 1994, this is so mean guys, issue titled White Trash Nation. In the photo, she appears squatting in a short skirt with cowboy boots as she's eating chips. This led Smith to initiate a $5 million lawsuit against the magazine in October of 1994, claiming that she did not authorize the use of that photo at all. In the suit, she also alleged that the article damaged her reputation. Smith's lawyer stated that she was under the impression that she was being photographed to embody the all-American look. Editor said that the photo was one of the dozens that were taken. The lawsuit was reported to be settled. I don't know if it was in court or out of court. I couldn't find more than just they settled. Van Nuys Tower, this is one Rocket Charlie. Van Nuys Tower, this is Rocket One Charlie. I'm heading eastbound, leaving your airspace. I'm heading eastbound. Leaving your airspace. Leading your airspace. <laughs> I'm headed eastbound, leaving your airspace. I'm heading eastbound, leading your hair. Okay, let's keep going. All right. Smith may have been an extremely successful model, but she never found that same recognition or success as an actress. She made her screen debut in 1994 in a comedy field called The Hudsucker Proxy. She appears as Zaza, a flirtatious celebrity who flirts with the lead character played by Tim Robbins in a barbershop scene. She was then given a larger role as Tanya Peters in Naked Gun 33 and one-third The Final Insult. For my 90s people, you guys know that the Naked Gun movies were huge, so this was a big deal for her. Now despite her actually doing really well in the movies, and the movies themselves performing very well, they didn't seem to like advance her acting career. 
See, Smith's persona of a ditzy, dumb blonde was compressed heavily in her film roles, which sought only to market her physical assets in an attempt to earn acting respect. Even though her film career didn't take off as she would have hoped, she still did get a lot of jobs. She agreed to appear in To the Limit in 1995. Also in 1995, she appeared as herself in the pilot episode of The Naked Truth, and it wasn't really doing a whole lot for her, so she then tried to revitalize her film career with a leading role in Skyscraper in 1996. Even with all of these, her acting career again stalled. In the late 90s, Smith focused her acting career on television, and she appeared on a variety of series, Sin City Spectacular in 1998, and then that same year, Smith appeared in the tell-all self-promoting film, Anna Nicole Smith, Exposed. Welcome to Mahia, Texas, my hometown. Most people pronounce it Mexia, and it's not Mahia. She was absolutely right. Most people do say that incorrectly because I said it, and that's what I was led to believe it was. <laughs> not embarrassing, not embarrassing. So this film, though, was actually based on several photo sessions during her Playboy career. She also appeared as Donna, the friend of Veronica Chase, played by Kirstie Alley, on the sitcom Veronica's Closet in 1999. Also in 1999, Smith guest starred as Myra Jacobs on the series Allie McBeal. People always ask me about my childhood. Well, I didn't have a childhood, so I'm living my childhood now. I like fast men, I like fast cars, and I like fast food. In the early 2000s, Smith may have had very few acting roles, but she was rising in popularity with the tabloids and the gossip columnists, which led to E! giving her her own reality show. The Anna Nicole Smith premiered on August 4, 2002, achieving the highest cable rating for a reality show. The day the series premiered was the seventh anniversary of her late husband, J. Howard Marshall's death. The series attempted to focus on the private life of Smith, her boyfriend, who was also her attorney, Howard K. Stern. It also focused on her son, Daniel Wayne Smith, her assistant, Kimmy Walther, her miniature poodle, Sugar Pie, her interior decorator, Bobby Trendy, and her cousin from Texas, Shelley Cloud. The show was canceled in June of 2003, but you can find it on YouTube. She wouldn't think about it, so I... I gave her a Henry Miller book. It's a classic book, but it's a, a sexual book, too. Oh, you're just you're such a good guy, but you're reading porn. The part that I'm on right now, he and his friend met this female midget. They went and did her. And they're talking about wanting to see if she's normal size. Yeah. What they, what they call their, her cunt is normal size. Oh, I suppose they want to stick her on their dick and spin her, too. This, this is right here where she's, where they're having sex. I got her. I got her good. And she's taking a fucking that whoever made her never intended to have. And that is a clip from one of the episodes. I can't imagine why the show was canceled. Anna returned to acting in 2003 with a film called Wasabi Tuna. In this film, she played an over-the-top version of herself whose miniature poodle, Sugar Pie, is stolen from her on Halloween by a team of drag queens that are dressed just like her. Neither the film nor her performance actually got positive reviews. Then, in 2005, she briefly appeared as a spectator at a basketball game in 
Be Cool, starring John Travolta. If you have not seen that movie, I highly recommend it. Also in late 2005, she agreed to play Lucy in the self-produced independent parody film Illegal Aliens alongside wrestler China. Illegal Aliens attempted to parody several popular television shows from the 1970s and 1980s, as well as several film franchises, and was released directly to video on May 1st, 2007, three months after Smith's death. Wanna step into my reality? Can enter Trim Spa's million dollar makeover challenge. Wanna viper? Want some money? Wanna play? Win a chance to party at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Like my body? Then get dieting, exercising, and Trim Spa X32 and enter the million dollar makeover challenge. Trim Spa, baby! In an interview on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, Smith was asked what her Playmate diet consisted of. She instantly replied, fried chicken. In October of 2003, she became a spokeswoman for Trim Spa, which allegedly helped her lose a reported 69 pounds, or 31 kilograms. Trim Spa diet product company and Anna, however, were sued in a class action lawsuit alleging that their marketing of a weight loss pill was false and misleading. As many of us know, you cannot just take a pill unless it's like a worm, tapeworm maybe could do it, but if you really want to lose weight, it's all about monitoring what you eat and being active. In November 2004, Smith appeared at the American Music Awards to introduce Kanye West and attracted attention because of her slurred speech and behavior. This incident became comic material for presenters throughout the rest of the program. The following day, her appearance was featured all over the media. Tabloids speculated that Smith was under the influence of pills or some other controlled substance. However, her representatives explained that she was, she was just in pain due to a series of grueling workouts. You know, I don't know about you, I don't go to the gym, but I'm, I'm, I, this is just making me not want to. If I'm going to have slurred speech because I worked out, mm -mm, I already can't talk well enough as it is. No, I'm good. In March 2005, at the first MTV Australia Video Music Awards in Sydney's Luna Park, Smith spoofed Janet Jackson's wardrobe malfunction by pulling down her dress to reveal both of her breasts, each covered with the MTV logo, of course. Anna and her son took a private tour of their new pad, and then 16-year-old Daniel was still getting used to all the cameras being around. So do you not like being on camera? No. Why not? Huh? Because why? He's just shy? 
No, you're not. At school, you're crazy. I bet you if y'all were here like an hour and y'all got to know, he would be like acting like a monkey. He's kind of shy about the camera, so he's, he's starting to get into it. But at first, he was like, uh-huh. Let's talk about her personal life a little bit. While working at Jim's Crispy Fried Chicken in her hometown, Smith met Billy Wayne Smith, a cook at the restaurant, and the couple married on April 4th, 1985, when she was just 17 years old. She then gave birth to her son, Daniel Wayne Smith, on January 22nd, 1986. Smith and her husband then divorced on February 3rd, 1993, in Houston, Texas. While performing at a Houston strip club in October of 1991, Smith met 86-year-old petroleum tycoon J. Howard Marshall. During their two-year affair, Marshall reportedly lavished expensive gifts on Smith and asked her to marry him several times. Finally, on June 27, 1994, Smith and Marshall were married in Houston, resulting in speculation that she only married him for his money. From then on, he was obsessed with her. And uh, Mr. Marshall decided she was going to be his wife. Anna always maintained that she truly loved Marshall and that age just did not matter to her. On August 4, 1995, 13 months after his marriage to Smith, Marshall died in Houston at the age of 90. What is it you're saying Pierce Marshall did now? Did he order people to let his father choke? Is that what you're saying? He ordered for him not to be suctioned. That is the same thing as ordering him to choke to death on his own vial. The judge stopped the trial and said to her attorneys and to her, you need to go out and explain to her what perjury means. So let's talk inheritance in court cases. Even though Smith was not in Marshall's will, she claimed that in return for marriage, Marshall orally promised her half of his estate, which primarily consisted of a 16% interest in Koch Industries, a net worth at the time of $1.6 billion. However, Smith's stepson, E. Pierce Marshall, disputed this claim. This also led to Smith temporarily joining forces with J. Howard's other son, J. Howard Marshall III. Let me explain something about Howard III. He was left out of the will as well. You see, he attempted to take control of Koch Industries, which is his father's company, and he claimed, even despite this, that his father verbally promised him a portion of the estate, just as he did to Smith. You never told us when you had a in nineteen ninety six, Smith filed for bankruptcy in California as a result of a eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar default judgment against her for the sexual harassment of a nanny who cared for her son. Since any money potentially due to her from the Marshall estate was part of her potential assets, the bankruptcy court involved itself in the matter. In September of 2000, a Los Angeles bankruptcy judge awarded Smith $449,754,134 million, the amount that the value of Marshall's interest in Koch Industries rose in during their marriage. However, in July of 2001, a Houston judge, Mike Wood, affirmed the jury's findings in the probate case by ruling that Smith was entitled to nothing. This is going to flip-flop quite a bit. You're going to see that. The judge then ordered Smith to pay over $1 million to cover the legal costs and expenses of E. Pierce Marshall, her stepson. 
The conflict between the Texas probate court and California bankruptcy court judgments forced the matter into federal court. So it's going to keep rising. Let's continue. In March 2002, a federal judge vacated the California bankruptcy court ruling and issued a new ruling that reduced the award to $88 million. Then, on December 30th, 2004, a three-judge panel of the United States Courts of Appeal for the Ninth Circuit reversed the decision on the grounds that the federal courts lacked jurisdiction to overrule the probate court decision. Then in September 2005, the U.S. Supreme Court decided to hear the appeal of that decision. The George W. Bush administration directed Paul Clement, the United States Solicitor General, to intercede on Smith's behalf of an interest in expanding federal court jurisdiction over state probate disputes. On May 1, 2006, the Supreme Court unanimously decided in favor of Smith. Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg wrote the opinion the decision did not give Smith the portion of her husband's estate, but affirmed her right to, the, to pursue the share of it in a federal court. Ms. Marshall, have you been taking new acting lessons? <laughs> Screw you, Rusty. Well, what's the answer to my question? I haven't taken any acting lessons because y'all won't let me out of here. I shouldn't even be here. On June 20th, 2006, E. Pierce Marshall died at age 67 from an infection. His widow, Elaine Tedermere Marshall, pursued the case on behalf of his estate. The case was then remanded to the Ninth Circuit to adjudicate the remaining issues not previously resolved. After Smith's death in 2007, the case continued on behalf of her infant daughter, Danny Lynn Burkhead. In March 2010, an appeals court upheld the verdict barring Smith from the estate. Following this decision, lawyers for Smith's estate appealed the decision to the entire Ninth Circuit. On March 6, 2010, the appeal was denied. On September 28, 2010, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case. On June 23, 2011, the case of Stern v. Marshall, the Supreme Court issued a ruling against Smith's estate, ruling that the California Bankruptcy Court decision that gave her estate $475 million was made without subject matter jurisdiction. The court agreed with the ruling of the Ninth Circuit that a bankruptcy court could not make a decision on an issue outside of bankruptcy law. Then in 2011, Smith's estate filed a motion in U.S. District Court to obtain $44 million in damages and to sanction an estate of E. Pierce Marshall. In August 2014, David O. Carter, a federal U.S. District Court judge in Orange County, California, rejected all of these efforts. It was said that Smith was allegedly addicted to prescription medications. A psychiatrist also said that she met with her in April of 2006 in Cedars Sinai Medical Center and that Smith had borderline personality disorder. And Nicole Smith gives birth right here tonight before your very eyes. 
Only we can take you inside the delivery room for baby Danny Lynn's amazing entry into the world. It is the miracle of Earth. But we warn you, while it is beautiful, it is also uncensored. On June 1st, 2006, Smith announced her pregnancy in a video clip on her official website. Danny Lynn Hope Marshall Stern was born September 7, 2006 in New Providence, the Bahamas. In an interview on CNN's Larry King Live after the death of Smith's son, her longtime personal attorney, Howard K. Stern, said that he and Smith had been in a relationship for a very long time and that due to the timing of her pregnancy, he was confident that he was the father of the baby. Entertainment photographer Larry Burkhead maintained that he was the baby's father and filed a lawsuit to establish paternity. The child's birth certificate recorded the father as Stern. A judge in the United States ordered the DNA test be performed to determine the biological father of Smith's daughter. Following Smith's death, Deborah Oprey, Burkhead's attorney, asked for an emergency DNA sample to be taken from Smith's body. Smith's lawyer, Ron Rail, objected to Oprey's request. The request was denied by a judge who ordered that Smith's body be preserved until February 20th. According to a story published in New York Daily News, Donna Hogan, Smith's younger half-sister, said that Smith actually froze the sperm of her second husband, Marshall, prior to his death. The newspaper said that Hogan wrote in her unpublished manuscript about her sister entitled Trainwreck that, quote, to her family, she hinted that she had used the man's frozen sperm and would be giving birth to Howard Marshall's child, unquote. The publisher of Hogan's book described the newspaper claims as a hoax. Then, on February 9, 2007, Zsa Zsa Gabor's husband, Frederik Prinz von Anhalt, said that he had a decade-long affair with Smith and could potentially be the father of her daughter. Alexander Denk, a former bodyguard for Smith, reportedly told the tabloid television program Extra that he had an affair with Smith as well and that he, too, was potentially the father. After Smith's death, TMZ reported that Smith had been given a prescription for methadone under a false name while she was in her eighth month of pregnancy. The Medical Board of California launched a review in the matter. The prescribing doctor, Sandeep Kapoor, said his treatment was sound and appropriate. On April 10, 2007, a Bahamian judge ruled that DNA tests had established Burkhead as the father of Smith's daughter. In response, Burkhead said, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I told you so. I'm the father. My baby's going to be coming home pretty soon. Burkhead also applied for an amended birth certificate listing him as the father, which paved the way for him to obtain a passport for the baby to leave with him for the U.S. Stern did not contest the DNA results or the ruling, and Burkhead returned to the United States with the baby. Smith's mother, Bergie or Virgie Arthur, appealed the ruling, but her appeal was denied and she was ordered to pay costs. Horrible, you know, that everyone now 
was just throwing everything on us at our, our lowest point in life. Smith's 21-year-old son, Daniel Wayne Smith, died on September 10, 2006, in his mother's hospital room while visiting her and her baby. His autopsy showed that he died from a combination of drugs including methadone and antidepressants. A Bahamas jury determined Daniel died from an accidental drug overdose and recommended no criminal charges. A death certificate was issued on September 21, 2006, so that Daniel could be buried. While Smith remained in the Bahamas with Danny Lynn and Stern, her son's family in the U.S., including his father, Billy Smith, gathered with friends on October 7, 2006 in her hometown for memorial service. Daniel was buried at Lakeview Cemetery in New Providence on October 19, 2006, almost six weeks after his death. According to Stern, Smith was devastated over her son's death. Quote, Anna and Daniel were inseparable. Daniel was without question the most important person in Anna's life, unquote. Stern said during his trial testimony regarding the right to control disposition of Smith's remains. Quote, unquote, at Daniel's funeral, she had them open the coffin and tried to climb inside. She said that if Daniel has to be buried, I want to be buried with him. She was ready to go down with him, Stern said. Anna saw herself as both mother and father to Daniel. From the time I met her, everything was for Daniel. I would say that physically, she died last week, but in a lot of ways, emotionally, she died when Daniel died. Well, on September 28, 2006, Smith and Stern exchanged vows and rings in an informal commitment ceremony aboard a 41-foot catamaran named Margaritaville off the coast of the Bahamas. She wore a white dress and carried a bouquet of red roses, while he wore a black suit and a white shirt. Although they pledged their love and made a commitment to be there for each other before a Baptist minister, no marriage certificate was issued and the ceremony was not legally binding. After the ceremony, they landed on the island of Sandy Cay, where they had a party and celebrated with champagne and apple cider. They had been brought over for the occasion by sailboat. There were some issues and questioning about the timing of this ceremony, and Smith's attorney at the time in Nassau said, they needed a little adrenaline boost because things have been so hectic and devastating in their life recently. Photos of the ceremony were sold through Getty Images to People, or Getty, sorry, um, to People magazine for around $1 million. Smith and Stern were reportedly staying in the Bahamas to avoid paternity testing of their daughter in the U.S., in late 2006, Smith was granted permanent resident status in the Bahamas by Immigration Minister Shane Gibson. On February 11, 2007, newspaper photographs were published showing Smith lying clothed in bed in an embrace with Gibson. Gibson then resigned after the wave of controversy over his relationship with Smith. The basis of Smith's permanent residency status was the claim that she owned a $900 million mansion, which she said was given to her by a former boyfriend, real estate developer, Gaither Ben Thompson. He was from South Carolina. Thompson asserted that he loaned Smith the finances to purchase the property, which she then failed to repay him, and that he was attempting to regain control of this property. 
Thompson sued to evict Smith from the property in the Bahamas. Court received a default judgment against her when she failed to respond to the eviction or appear in court on November 28, 2006. Ford Shelley, Thompson's son-in-law, claimed that methadone was found in Smith's bedroom refrigerator while the mansion was being reclaimed. A photograph provided to TMZ showed a large bottle of methadone along with vials of injectable vitamin B12 in the refrigerator and diet product SlimFast. SlimFast? Did that say SlimFast? I thought you were on Trim Spa, Anna. Sorry, that's like the one thing I'm shocked about over here. Like I do so many things with these cases that finding all kinds of secrets that come out after people pass away is just the usual. But she was drinking Slim Fast and not Trim Spa. That, that is just, oh my God. Okay, let's move forward. Well, there's breaking news now on Fox News Channel. Fox News has just confirmed that Anna Nicole Smith has died. On February 8, 2007, Smith was found dead in room 607 at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. The wife of Smith's bodyguard was a trained emergency nurse. She performed CPR for 15 minutes until her husband, the bodyguard, took over. He had driven back to the hotel after being notified by his wife of Smith's condition. According to Seminole Police Chief Charlie Tiger, at 1.38 p.m., Smith's bodyguard, who was also a trained paramedic, called the hotel front desk from Smith's sixth-floor room. The front desk in turn called security, who then called 911. At 1.45 p.m., the bodyguard administered CPR until the paramedics arrived at 2.10 p.m. Smith was rushed to Memorial Regional Hospital, where she was pronounced dead on arrival at 2.49 p.m. Hello, Hi, this is Seminole Police. If you can please respond to the Hard Rock, uh -huh. room 607, okay? It's going to be reference to a white female who is, um, what is she not responsive? She's not breathing and she's not responsive. She's um, actually Anna Nicole Smith, uh -huh. if you guys can speak. Oh, okay. Okay? All right. Thank you. A seven-week investigation was led by Broward County Medical Examiner and Forensic Pathologist Joshua Perper in conjunction with Seminole Police and several independent forensic pathologists and toxicologists. Perper announced that Smith died of combined drug intoxication with the sleeping medication chloral hydrate as the major component. No illegal drugs were found in her system. The official report states that her death was not considered to be due to homicide, suicide, or natural causes. You can find the full investigative report on her death. It's public and you can find it online. Her death was ultimately ruled an accidental drug overdose of the sedative chloral hydrate that became increasingly lethal with combined other prescription drugs that were in her system, specifically for benzodiazepines, clonopin or clorazepam, Ativan or lorazepam, Cirax or oxoazepine, I'm sorry, Oxazepine, I cannot, oxazazepine, it's that one, and Valium, diazepam. Furthermore, she had taken Benadryl as well, with it, which is diphenhydramine. Sorry, there's, these words are insane. I don't know how doctors do it. So she combined all of that, and I will state this, she also to take Topamax or Topiramate. I took that same exact prescription for the better part of almost seven years because of my lupus and it caused me to have severe migraines a lot of issues it can affect your brain heavily and you will have to tell your doctor because there are effects that should not happen that can but some people become addicted to them 
So she had a lot of sedatives in her system. But, but the, the last two, the Benadryl and Topiramax, actually block sodium channels, which likely intensify the sedative effects of the chloral hydrate and benzodiazepines in her system. Now, despite rumors of methadone use due to its involvement in her son's death, Perper found only that methadone was in her bile, indicating it was probably ingested two to three days prior to her death and therefore was not contributing factor in her death. Also in the autopsy report, it stated that she had abscesses on her butt from B12 injections as well as human growth hormone injections, and this actually contributed to the cause of her death. It was reported that 8 of the 11 drugs in Smith's system, including the chloral hydrate, were prescribed to Stern, not Smith. Also, two of the prescriptions were prescribed to Alex Katz, and another was found to be written to her psychiatrist and friend, Dr. Christine Aroshevich. All 11 prescriptions were also found to be written by Dr. Aroshevich. Smith's funeral took place on March 2, 2007. Smith's will was prepared by attorney Eric Lund and executed on July 30, 2001 in Los Angeles, California. Smith named her son Daniel as the sole beneficiary of her estate, specifically excluded other children and named Stern executor of the estate. It indicated personal property valued at $10,000 and real estate property valued at $1.8 million with a $1.1 million mortgage at the time of her death. A petition to probate Smith's will was filed in Los Angeles County Superior Court listing Burkhead as a party with interest to the estate. Also, a black granite monument was installed at her grave in the Bahamas in February 2009. Okay, so why don't we just wait over here until until Howard's ready? I don't see what you mean. We don't need to go in the green room. We'll stay okay, here until fine. Howard's ready. That'd be fine. I'll come out and get you guys. Okay. Do you mean like an hour? Or... No, it could be like five minutes. Okay. Because I'd hate to break his chair or something. I don't want to talk to Howard Stern anymore. I think I'm going to leave. Um, he might go. Can you do this for Benji for me? Hey, Benji. Hang up for one second. I love you, Benji. You've been, you've been so close to Howard for so long. 
After her daughter's death, Smith's mother in 2008 filed an underlying proceedings against TMZ CBS journalist Art Harris, Larry Burkhead, and others alleging that the defendants conspired to ruin her reputation through emails, blog, and website postings and harmed her efforts to seek custody and visitation of her granddaughter, the child of Vicki Lynn Marshall, also known as Anna Nicole Smith. The court put Texas blogger Lindell Harrington in jail because she failed to turn over her computer as evidence. Harrington claimed that she couldn't voluntarily comply with the court's order because her computer was stolen. There is a question as to whether this robbery was staged or not, though. It was just mighty convenient. Arthur's defamation lawsuit was dismissed after TMZ, CBS, and others won summary judgment. And in case you're wondering, Danny Lynn Burkhead's father, Larry Burkhead of Louisville, Kentucky, obtained sole custody of his daughter. Just wanted you guys to know that. So that closes today's episode on Anna Nicole Smith and her tragic death and pretty, pretty tragic life there in the tail end. I really feel for her a lot that she had to go through. I'm not going to sit and accuse her that she got married to her husband for money, and I'm not going to say that she didn't. She has different ways of basically saying that she did love him, but she also did joke about his money as well. You don't know. I don't know. She did always state that she loved him. I'm not one to say, I, I don't know. I don't. So I can't really form an opinion. I also didn't know her and I don't know their relationship on a personal level. So I cannot state anything otherwise. All I saw was media coverage and quite frankly, media can paint anyone in any light they would like to portray. So I don't know. I do believe that she did have a strong addiction to, well, drugs. I do believe that absolutely that was shown a lot in her appearance just on its own. Even home videos showed that. So I do believe she had addiction issues, but I don't think that was enough for anyone to basically make her look bad as it did because she was struggling with a lot of mental health issues and the death of her son. I'm not saying that, yes, turn to drugs. Just saying that everybody in the world has some sort of coping mechanism, and that was hers. I'm not saying it was okay, and addiction is a horrible, horrible thing that many people suffer with. I'm just saying that was what she turned to when her son did pass, and in her hospital room nonetheless. To say that her death was tragic is an understatement, so I needed it to be talked about a bit more than what I have seen besides in more... I, like media, media, big main media, not a lot of social media where you can dig in and kind of go through the rumors and find the truth as best that you can. So if you guys enjoyed this, please feel free to listen to more of the episodes of What the Actual F and stick around, listen to future episodes. I try to release one every week and I'm still getting ready to do a YouTube channel. I will keep you guys up to date as that gets closer. I'm still kind of in the um, kind of brainstorming and putting it together because I don't just want to jump into the YouTube pool and drown without having a plan, you know, floaties. If you guys want, send me a message, uh, send me something to look into, a mystery, a case, a disappearance, a conspiracy, a haunting, anything. I love this stuff. I will gladly do it. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And I'm going to have Anna Nicole Smith herself send us out on this episode. Talk to you guys next time. Love you. Bye.
were just real, real excited. I mean, I looked so neat when they put all that makeup and the hair, and when it was all put together, it was just wow. <laughs>